You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue and conclude our coverage of Lost. Well, for season three at least. Yes, we are here, finally, finally, for the season three recap. Jesus Christ, it's felt like we should have done this a long time ago. Uh, we are going to cover all things that happened in the third season, give our thoughts on things that we've talked about already, go over some key moments, come up with our top five, rank the seasons, and just drag this out a little bit longer, apparently, because we've already been covering season three for the last 18 years. My name is Ben, and shut up, redneck man. And my name is Noah, and we have to go back to season three Again. Mm, rodents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, season three, Noah. Um, it does feel like a long time. We we joke about that, but obviously life has gotten in our way. So um, it's taken us a very long time to finally finish this off. But thankfully, from this point on, we don't have these uh, 28 episode seasons, 48 episode seasons, whatever we're up to. We're kind of all in the shorter ones now. But uh it it season three was not all bad. Like obviously we had some incredibly strong episodes, particularly in the last couple of weeks. But um, talk about your uh, your bipolar season of television. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a bipolar season of television. Is a a great description of it. Um, yeah, when season three is good, it is some of the best Lost has ever been. The last, like, six, five episodes is maybe the strongest or one of the strongest runs the show will ever have, probably up there with the first five episodes. Um, But when it's low, (laughs) we're getting things like Stranger in a Strange Land (laughs) and the, the Bear Cage Saga, which was seven episodes long, and, um, and then we're getting tied out flashbacks of, you know, Locke, Locke at the hippie compound or Kate's getting married or Saeed as a chef. Like, <laughs> things are getting t- tied out, I think, is um, the best description for season three. So it's definitely bipolar and it is kind of the season where most people I know stopped watching the show. From here on out, I was pretty much alone in terms of people I actually knew. I was, I was the weird person who kept watching Lost after season three, which for any American listeners may not understand so much. But in Australia, it was the big hit it was, like in America for season one and two. But after that, you were kind of a little a, a little weird if you kept watching Lost and, oh, is that show still on or is that still going? Um, which is often the case in uh, Australian viewings of American shows. They kind of will just stop watching playing it and they never stopped lost but i think season three it did get an hour later and most people i know stopped um i stuck with it and there's a lot to love about season three and there are some diehard fans i'm not one of those diehard fans i think it was good at this point that they made this deal that we're going to have three more seasons. At the time, unprecedented. Now we see it a bit more in television, but definitely unprecedented then. Um, and that really breathed new life into the show that, as a diehard Lost fan, I'll admit, was getting tired at this point. And 
while it was great to kind of uncover more about the others and stuff like that, I do feel like they did drop the ball a little bit. It was great seeing Ben and Juliet, but I feel like we could have went into the world of the others a lot more rather than just having episodes of, you know, Jack being on trial or all these bear cages. I feel like it was a great opportunity to learn more about Dharma and the history of the others and how their kind of society and culture works. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, bipolar is definitely the best description. And I'm bipolar in my, my kind of perception on season three, because it's, it's good, but it's also very bad at some points. So, uh, thank Jacob for the kind of reboot twist ending, which will throw throw the show on its head come next season. Um, but yeah, what a whirlwind, especially on a rewatch. Uh, it's just been even crazier than just when you can binge watch season three and kind of get through it all. Um, I mean, looking at my rankings list right now, the best and worst episodes of Lost are from this season, uh, according to my <laughs> rankings right now. There we go. So uh, that's that's the, the sort of your bookends of that one, but um, yeah, no, I, I think it's it's definitely. I mean, you mentioned Locke and the hippie commune. I mean, God, it's been so long since that episode. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> like, that's right. And Echo was in this oh, season. Uh, Echo. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I am, Mickey and Paolo. I am still dead. <laughs> Um, so I guess the, going over some of the key plot points of this season, um, so once again, thanks to Lostpedia for helping us out here. Usually we do a bit more preparation when it comes to some of these recap episodes, but the good old folks over at Lostpedia have done the work for us. So thank you very much to all of you over there. Uh, so the, the focus of season three, uh, mainly focused on the others. That's where they're going with. Um, so you kind of touched on that. So the others, who they are, why they're on the island, their way of life, who leads them. So, uh, we're talking about Juliet, Tom, Ben, Richard. Um, then we've got things, uh, Richard with the outside world coming soon to cinemas near you. (laughs) What? Contact with the outside world, including Penny, the flame and Gallagher being destroyed. Desmond's future telling powers going back in time and Charlie's imminent death to a lesser extent, time. The mysteries of the island, mainly pregnancy and the healing properties. See Mikhail. Uh, the arrival of Naomi in the freighter and continue to use flashbacks during the final episode of season three. They first introduced Flash Forward. I, f- I feel like most of the main plot points all came in the last quarter of the season. <laughs> um, like literally nothing happened in the first 75% of this season, they're saying. Um, you know, no Sawyer and uh, Kate finally hook up. You know, Ben has cancer. Like... <laughs> Uh, wow. Jack watches the Red Sox. Jack watches the Red Sox. Um, but I mean, I think, like, obviously the others, though, because we'll talk about our top five moments, and I think kind of we, we know pretty much three that are going to be in there, and one of them, of course, is probably the opening of this season, which I always forget because, I mean, it has been so long since we've done that episode. It feels like forever, but, I mean, the opening of this season with Juliet and uh, the plane crash and sort of seeing this other's perspective is great, always a great opening to seasons for the most part. But, I mean, that sums it up, doesn't it? That all these main plot points are happening in the last quarter of season three. Yeah, uh, after Stranger in a Strange Land and definitely after they made this 
deal. So things are starting to seem a bit more um, focused and it is almost like the second half is its own season. Like you could break them up into two, two separate things and pretty much from the episode where they retrieve, go to retrieve Jack, uh, the man from Tallahassee, uh, that episode onwards, I guess it gets mainly for the most part, much more focused and, uh, the pacing is much faster, more akin to season four. Um, yes, <laughs> it is funny how they label those plot points. And most of it does come from the, uh, the later thing. Um, but I guess the others is the main season one was kind of about the craft season two, much more about the hatch and season three about the others. And, um, I, I touched on it briefly, but I do think a big part of this kind of a big theme in Lost is like the man behind the curtain, uh, the Wizard of Oz, as Locke says. Um, I do feel, and I felt this at the time watching as well, is that a lot of the magic of the others does get a little bit lost on me once we do peel back the curtain and we get to see inside. A lot of the charm from the others came from, oh, we don't really know who these people are. Uh, and they're in the jungle. They're kidnapping us. They're terrorizing us. Of course, we met Ethan and we met Goodwin. So we knew that they were at least people. We knew like they're everyday kind of people. But the mystery and kind of the fear of the others, I think this season kind of got a bit lost. Uh, no pun intended. Uh at the same time, it is kind of so iconic when they show, like, oh, my God, these guys live in houses. Like, they are book club. It is kind of a neat twist, but at the same time, I don't know if you agree that once we did start to get to see some of these others and, you know, they've got a sheriff and all this stuff, there is a lot I like about it. And I like the backstory with the Dharma and the kind of the purge and the war. But I, I do feel like the kind of height of the others was season two when, you know, they're terrorizing Anna Lucia's group, the Tailies, and uh, we don't really know what's going on. And they've got these kind of mock houses set up and they wear the fake beards. Uh, I think once we see the man behind the curtain, it loses a bit of its charm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's it's the age-old sort of Jaws argument, isn't it? Like, you know, don't show the monster until right at the end sort of aspect. And kind of as soon as you see the shark, it's not quite the same is it like it's you know it's it's no yeah particularly in jaws because yeah that shark yep uh but i yeah like I, I think it's a great point and you know that kind of touches on your point you raised about how you lost a lot of people in season three because the intrigue and mystery of this show was built around what is this island what what's happening what, where are they you know, you, you had to mix that balance with we want them to be rescued, but, you know, where the fuck are they? So I think kind of once you sort of start unraveling that, see who these people are, then it's sort of you've got to take that new direction and we're clearly going to get that in the final three seasons and a lot of people have complaints about that, don't they, you know, through time travel and yeah. things like that. So I think it's I think it's a great point. I definitely agree with it because... You know, this is a show very much of two halves, um, and really, you would argue right now we're kind of we're at that first half. We're we're done now. Like 
we're moving into so much more of the mythology and supernatural element almost of this show compared to right now it's been about survival and you know discovering <laughs> new things along the way so yeah i think it, it definitely yeah i agree i think you you summed that up very well but at the same time it's like they have to start giving us some of this stuff mm. and mm-hmm. of course a lot of the time and it's not even in lost just in fiction a lot of the time it's kind of the setup that is much more intriguing than the payoff and uh Damon Lindelof kind of... I know J.J. Abrams talks a lot about that. He has this mystery box kind of thing where it's... uh, The the kind of want of knowing what's inside is better than the payoff. Uh, And I tend to agree at some time. And Damon Lindelof's next show, The Leftovers, he basically said from the get-go, you're not getting a single answer. This is about not knowing answers. Uh, This is not a show about answering the mysteries. It's just about the mysteries, which I kind of like. But at the same time, they had to start giving us these things because fans were complaining we're not getting these things. So not even in Lost, but when we go behind the curtain, it, a, a bit of it does kind of the charm disappears. But at the same time, what were they going to do, really? Yeah, and I mean, like you, you summed that up too, like with the fiction, like it's, you know, any TV show, Lost is obviously different and we talked a lot about throughout this season how kind of bear cages and things like that was sort of a you know a protest you know this is what we feel like as writers and things like that but i mean you think about where tv shows generally used to be kind of before where we are now with television you know it was about obviously engaging with people keeping them you know in in keep tuning them in every week and it was a lot less serialized back in the day it was very much week to week style things but to keep things alive it was things like you would have a you know like moonlighting as a classic of sexual tension you're watching this because you just like wow Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis are so good together like oh my god I want them to get together I want them to get together and like they're never going to get together and then they finally get together and you're like okay I've seen it now I don't want to watch anymore and then the ratings plummet so like it's kind of there's that build bring up. Bring back Moonlight. Yeah, bring back Moonlight. When are they going to re? When are they going to reboot Moonlight? Well, Sybil Shepherd's career has died a long time ago, hasn't it? And Bruce Willis is kind of doing direct to DVD movies now, isn't he? So it's time. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect time. Also starring Matthew Fox. Yeah. Matthew Fox is their son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> moonlighting to the next generation moonlighting junior but <laughs> sorry matthew fox <laughs> but at the at the yeah i think that's a good point is uh that's an age-old one is once the two characters get married mm. and that's where kind of lost does do a good job of and we'll talk more about that in season four and five of kind of subverting that whole how would this love triangle thing go? But that is an age-old thing, especially sitcoms, I feel. Like, once two once two characters get married, and then it's like, oh. The nanny is, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, all jokes aside, like, I mean, haha, hashtag bring back the nanny. Throwing, we're throwing it back. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, that was classic, similar thing. Like, it was kind of until, uh, you know, uh, Fran, whatever, what was the name? Her name was Fran in the show, wasn't it? Um, and... Mr. Mr. Sheffield, when they finally got together, it was kind of like, well, what's the point of watching this now? Because they got married, I think, and had a kid. And yeah, so long time since I've watched The Nanny. Yeah. (laughs) It's on your to-do list. You're catching up. (laughs) 
uh, after last rewatch. Yeah, and Murphy Brown and Moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to get through. Um, yeah, but it is uh, it is kind of that thing of, and and I truly subscribe to the idea that a lot of the time in shows it is about the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, like. Yeah, the Game of Thrones. I'm not the biggest Game of Thrones fan, but I, I enjoyed what the finale was. Maybe not great, but I enjoyed watching it as it went along. Like, even if uh, the finale wasn't great, uh, even if some of the kind of reveals or resolutions were not great, I still appreciate watching it as it go along. And I, I definitely subscribe to with that we've lost of it's. I like the last ending, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah. But it's about the journey so much of this show, and that's not to defend some of the bad stuff they do, but something like, I know we're talking about season one now, but like the numbers, terrible, terrible conclusion to that plot line. But it's still that 12-year-old watching that for the first time, uh, I still resonate so much with watching that number numbers episode and just being like, what the hell? that that is still powerful to me. And even though the conclusion was not so good, the the man behind the curtain for the numbers, it still, it still doesn't take it away from me. Um, so yeah, there are some issues there with the others, but there's also a lot of good things. I like how it's like, Oh, they are living in houses. This is a big twist and getting to know the others. It, some of the magic is gone, but I still think it's a bit of a treat during the season to see some of this stuff. I think we take it for granted now too. It's, it's easy to sort of look back at a show like lost now, and this is just the norm, but yeah, like we've discussed it before about sort of where this was at the time. Um, and you know, sort of early two thousands is kind of when a lot of these network shows really did start to switch to more serialized shows rather than your week to week based things. So, you know, this was still a fresh kind of idea. Well, not fresh, it wasn't original, but like as in it was becoming more of the norm. So, you know, people were still kind of getting hooked into this. And I think we mentioned it last week in regards to sort of the big twist that they obviously revealed with the flash forwards and kind of taking it to the next level because going through everything that we're talking about here and how kind of you reveal kind of this big thing part of the show, like what can we do to keep people watching? Holy crap, flash forward, boom, we're going to hook people in. And again, laugh all you like when I bring up Desperate Housewives as a thing, but they did a very similar thing where they did a five-year jump forward in time to refresh it, and it worked. doesn't always work in TV shows. They can do things like this, and it doesn't always work. Mm. But I think Lost and Desperate Housewives often need to be on that same sort of level, not because they're the same type of show, but both ABC shows, both huge hits as soon as they came out, and I think both were able to keep themselves fresh uh, and and sustain themselves for longer than maybe people ever thought they could after their initial success. Oh yeah, if and this is kind of getting into season four territory a little bit, but if that didn't happen, I don't know if we're here doing a Lost podcast. I don't know if I don't think Lost is ever a show that would have got cancelled. But if they kept on this trajectory, I think they the show would have went in a very different direction. And if they didn't do that kind of reboot, if we got Another season three and season four. Yeah, I I don't know if uh, I mean I I argue that Lost doesn't get enough credit that it deserves in 2019. Of course, you see it pop up on lists and stuff like that, but I feel like the ending soured so many people that it doesn't get enough credit uh, that it should. 
But if it had not rebooted itself like that and we got another season three, I think it definitely would have been viewed as one of those shows that was amazing at the start and just was a downward spiral. I feel this is going to be one of the... and we, Again, we, this is probably something we talk more about in our absolute series recap, but... Yeah, I agree with you. I think kind of it seems to get lost in the way now, no pun intended. Um, and then sort of, yeah, the, the ending is just so negatively tarnished people's memory of this show. But I think it's going to be a show five to ten years. You know, we always have that 20-year cycle, don't we, generally? I mean, we're seeing that with something like Friends all of a sudden. is so big all of a sudden again because of Netflix and people sort of really, you know, watching it again. It's sort of, I feel Lost is going to have that at some point. You know, it's going to come full circle, maybe mm-hmm. on the 20th anniversary in 2024 or something like that. People are all of a sudden going to be like, hey, remember how good Lost was? <laughs> um, you know, so... Plus uh, kids who are growing up, yeah. a new generation, yep. I feel like. Uh, are going to discover this, especially in this day and age. Uh, and all, all it really takes is, and it sounds silly, but in this day and age, all it takes is maybe for some meme to start up or something yep. that involves some of the characters, and then suddenly people are back on back on the train, and then with that, maybe maybe brings the loss too, which uh, is a is a a difficult debate that we can get to at another time of whether or not that's actually a good thing. Um, Matthew Fox just needs to come out of hiding. It's like, hey, everyone! Matthew Fox! Remember me? <laughs> Who? Uh, when Moonlighting Jr. gets cancelled. Um, oh, Matthew. Yeah, we're, go- we're going on a tangent, but uh, Season 3 definitely had potential to uh, make Lost in the long run just go downhill. But in true Lost fashion... That they managed to turn expectations on its head and keep this show afloat, and we get some of the most amazing moments of the entire show in this season. So, season three is definitely not a full sour point. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff, um, but if there was ever a season that needed to be trimmed down a little bit, it was this one. We'll just go through some of the main, like I mean, obviously our main cast members. We we it's a very large cast compared to sort of what we do in Nip Tuck and Third Watch. But funny stat I've actually read here mentioning Desperate Housewives, but apparently this season had sixteen major roles of star billing, making it the second largest ensemble cast, only behind Desperate Housewives. Now I find that interesting. That's a lot. Yeah, I thought Desperate Housewives only had, like, the four or the five main ladies. I didn't realise that so many of these extra people had star billings on Desperate Housewives, so that's interesting. But uh, just I guess in terms of episode appearances, uh, so Evangeline Lilly as Kate had 20, was in 21 of the 23 episodes. So Matthew Fox, our hero, was only in 20 of the 23 episodes. Um, he wasn't happy about that. No, no. Sawyer, Josh Holloway, he was in 19 of the 23 Juliet in 18 of the 23 episodes, even more than people like Desmond, Charlie, and Saeed. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're all in 17. Um, ben, Jimin Linus, 16, as was Hurley. Uh, Jin was only in 15. Sun was in 14. Locke was only in 14 episodes. There's an interesting yeah, one. This is the crazy thing about season three. Yeah, that Locke is kind of there. Claire, only in 13 episodes. Oh, I knew this season was missing was it that, something. Was it that many? <laughs> Paolo in seven, Nikki in six, <laughs> and Echo in three. Although there is Star Star Star, well, would... played by a body double in I Do. <laughs> and I would argue in uh, further instructions, his dialogue involved. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> So I'd argue he was really in one episode. Um, 
I mean, it's just kind of the generic question in terms of, did you have favourites and least favourites this season? I mean, are you, does this season sway your opinion on any of them, or at least or maybe on this rewatch? Have you had any differing opinions on any of our, our main 16? Uh, yeah, it definitely sways my opinion on some people, um, and I've talked about it at length, I would say, but this season, I think John Locke is one of the... He's never been one of my favourites, but let's face it, he's one of the greatest TV characters ever, I think. This season, they butchered Locke. His character motivations were off. A lot of what he did just made no sense. At one point, he's saying he would never, could never murder someone, then he's throwing a knife into Naomi's back, <laughs> cold-blooded. Um, he was blowing up subs, and it just... Everything that Locke was in, and his episode, uh, the man from Tallahassee with the wheelchair was a good flashback, but then the, the hippie commune and he's building the sweat lodge and just everything about Locke this, uh, this season was off completely. Um, they do pick it up a bit more come the next couple of seasons, but he was just so irrational this season and that it just, everything they wrote just seemed off and out of character. Um, I mean, we joked about it. Echo, what a disappointing conclusion. Um, his his character was off as well, but as we mentioned in those episodes, it was not really the writer's fault. Uh, they they worked with what they could, given they only had him for two episodes. I'm not counting the body double. Um, so those two characters, yeah, definitely disappointing this season. Um, and then, of course, getting Desmond on the main cast, I remember watching the first time and I was just ecstatic that he didn't leave after season two finale. Actually having him as part of the main crew, not just a guest star, was such a treat, I think, because his character is amazing and flashes before your eyes is so good. Um, and same sentiment with Ben, um, having him having him as uh, a main cast member, not just a guest star. Um, and then... Yeah, some of the, the main ones, I, I love Sun and Jin and those kind of people, but definitely this season taking a big backseat. Um, I think uh, Sawyer got a lot of interesting stuff to do this season compared to maybe in season two, especially with the Anthony Cooper stuff. Um, and I guess my uh, major one, this rewatch, as a bit of a turnaround and... Still not going to say I'm a huge fan, but Julia is, is growing on me a bit because Yay. I do think Elizabeth Mitchell, she is really good. Um, and I just love this season, the kind of back and forth and the way that's played out. It's so fresh compared to a lot of the other stuff going on, and she plays it really well. But sadly, I think season three is Juliet's highlight. So even though she's grown on me a bit this rewatch, I do think, it just gets progressively air for Juliet. Um, she's had her moment, I think, and maybe in the finale of season five, she has another big moment. But uh, so it's been interesting watching her. It's, it's definitely changed a bit, and I'd say Nikki and Paolo, I already didn't like, but I like even less. So. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, Echo stood out so much for me this season. Just wow, what a what a performance laying there in the ground. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going back to the bipolar point. Like so many of sort of our main group just have such a weird, you know, like yeah. Hurley kind of has no. He's there and he's not. He's there and he's not. You know, Jin and Son, kind of, you lose that lock. Yeah, just something is just off about him. Claire's just Claire. Um, Charlie's interesting because I think kind of opinions changed a bit on Charlie throughout this rewatch. But I think you appreciate him a lot more sort of towards the end for obvious reasons. And kind of for a character who I feel I've lost a lot of, you know, don't like him maybe as much as I'd used to. I still think kind of they do such a thoroughly good job at sort of ending a character that maybe, you know, at the end of the day really wasn't that likable, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just a mad Juliet fan. I just, I really like her character and kind of just watching it, this and being able to talk about it and sort of just the way she's able to play it and kind of toe that line of, you know, is she evil? Is she good? And just all that sort of stuff. Ben just, joy to watch get a backstory of him see everything to do with that character and he's only just going to get better of course you know you talk about Locke, but i mean you know ben is just going to get better as well and yeah desmond is i think is is a great one as well because like there was a lot of really good early desmond stuff which kind of you know obviously towards later stuff we're gonna get some really good desmond stuff next season of course so it's it's i don't know if there's anyone who's really kind of dropped for me just because it's so hard to kind of pick some of these people apart because like look at someone like Sawyer who had some really strong moments this season you know Josh Holloway just incredible but then kind of he just does nothing for a while as well so and even Evangeline Lilly like you know it's she's definitely in at least your eyes never has the best solo episodes but you know <laughs> I still think she's got some moments there as well which just it's just such an odd season but yeah, fuck Nikki and Paolo. Like, just no. <laughs> just no. No. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that kind of leads us, I guess, into our our recurring characters. And, I mean, we've got a lot. I'm not going to go through all of these because a lot of these ones sort of have got solo episodes. But I might sort of just go through sort of um, maybe the ones with five or more. Maybe we can just touch on a couple of the four because there's a, there's a few interesting ones. Uh Tom Friendly, MC Ganey, our good friend. He's in 12 of the 23 episodes. So Almost more than Locke. Yeah. Like, and he's never a main cast member. Uh, Alex as well. She's in a lot this season. Nine of the episodes. Uh, Mikhail, of course. Mikhail. Eight. Danielle um, is in eight as well. Richard Alpert getting a bit more screen time as seven. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason. is that That's one of our henchmen, isn't it? Right, Jason? Uh... Yeah. Who's Jason? It must be. Who's Jason? <laughs> Jason. Other. Um, he's one of the background people. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jason was a minor other who on numerous occasions aided Pickett Penn and Ryan Price. Jason oh, was credited Jason. as Gary. Oh, Jason. Oh, can we get a Jason action figure? Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> Naomi was not in seven episodes, was she? She did pop up around episodes 16, 17, so even if it didn't feel like it, um, seven's probably about right, which is crazy to think. Yeah, that definitely doesn't seem like she was in that many. Uh, Ivan was in... Ivan? (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope they're doing a two-for-one with those action figures. He was an island native who had medical training as he helped with part of Benjamin Linus's <laughs> surgery. <laughs> Love me some Ivan. The lost spin-off we've all been waiting for. Jason and <laughs> Ivan. <laughs> um, Carl is in six episodes, and we have Danny Pickett in five and Matthew oh Matthew (laughs) not as good as I am oh Oh, so they're the ones in five or more some other ones though sort of um Ethan was in four episodes Ryan we all love Ryan Rose and Bernard were in four and three episodes each Rob oh Penny was only in three um so that was yeah uh Cindy Kimberly Joseph uh, Walt <laughs> Boone was in two episodes, of course. Uh, yeah, two for Boone this week. Oh, this fantastic. Season. Anthony Cooper, of course, was in a couple of episodes. Um, <laughs> it's a, I mean, clearly Jason is the standout this season. Uh, I mean, standout <laughs> minor characters this season. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Ivan. Yeah. I'm more of a Jason man, but screw Matthew, though. <laughs> yeah, um, no. Overrated. Uh, I mean, not totally serious, but Danny Pickett is a cool kind of mini boss. I thought he was uh, fun as a little antagonist uh, in the early episodes, you know, the gun against Sawyer's head in the rain type thing. So I thought he made for a good early mini boss. Um, But it has to go to Tom. Like, he was originally the main major other and still part of one of the most iconic scenes for me uh in some ways they destroy his character they do make him a bit wimpy during this season um but i like the way the man behind the curtain thing of he was the big bad then we find out that's not even a real beard and then we find out that well i always think of him as one of ben's close advisors but what was one of the theory pages he was <laughs> the public relations <laughs> man or whatever it was i have to send um, him an email media at the others.com <laughs> uh but mc gainey it, it, it's just a joy to watch and i, I think tom friendly I, I say this with all sincerity uh i i think he should have had a flashback episode he had so much a part of the kind of legacy of this show that just having one episode showing how a different other came to the island outside of Ben and Julia would have been good. And I think he could have pulled it off. Uh, we will see him again next season, but he had a great death as well at the end of season three. So it was a joy to see a lot of Tom this season um, rather than just little pop-ups. Um, of course, good to see Ethan back as well. Always nice to see him and, uh, I don't think you mentioned it, but Arts was back as well as Boone. Yep. So that was fun as well as Shannon. Um, but I guess the other standout is big Richard Alpert fan. Um, and of course, early on, it's a bit... His character is definitely unformed in this season. It's not the Richard we will get to know in the next three seasons, but uh, we kind of had creepy Richard in the park at one point. Um, <laughs> but just the mystery of this guy that doesn't age and I, th- I always like Nesta Carbonell's performances. Uh, so the introduction of Richard is really cool. Um, and I guess the third one that I would point out is I love Russo in this season. I think she has a lot of good stuff. Uh, I like how 
for a big part of it in the middle, she was kind of like an ongoing. And then when they went to Mikael's house, they just, oh, no, I'm not going to go in here. And she leaves. And then at the end of the episode, she's just back. I love this. And then when she goes into the Black Rock to get dynamite, um, hello, I'm just getting dynamite. And then they later, they later show why she was doing that. So I think we get a lot of good Russo stuff this season and her reunion with Alex as well. Um, so, yeah, they're the main standouts for me. And, of course, Patchy, Mikael is, is always great. And, of course, Nathan Fillion. Let's not uh, forget his uh, standout uh, <laughs> performance. Yeah, I, yeah. I, same with you, Richard, huge Richard fan. Um, Mikael was great. Um, I actually don't mind, like, Alex was someone who used to kind of annoy me. but And she still is annoying. I'm not saying she's perfect, but... <laughs> I, she she does have a moments which I kind of think work, and I kind of like the way that sort of just she brings what she brings out of Ben, and you know we're also going to get some good stuff mm-hmm. about that next season as well. So I don't know. There's something about Alex's character that's growing on me slightly. So um, what about Carl? <laughs> see, like they play off. They're, they're a very well suited couple. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> I'm I'm shipping Carl and Alex like very well together. <laughs> And I think you kind of feel sorry for Carl. <laughs> like, I'm shipping Jason and Alex. <laughs> oh, controversial. Um, Matthew and Carl. I'm, I'm, I'm on team Matthew and Luke. That's a pretty sexy couple. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm nothing against Carl. Carl's just, he's just the whipping boy. So um, he's, he's brought to the final tribal council, you know, as a goat. No, no <laughs> votes. No votes. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of that... Um, Bernard, Bernard and Rose, so underutilised. Like, what is going on there? Um, just so sad to hardly see them. Um, I'm just going through... Like, I'm, I'm not a Naomi fan. I don't like Naomi. Um, not at all. Uh, Penny, Penelope, you know, she's always great. Uh, of course, Alan Dale, when he's, you know, there, always love our Charles Widmore. But... Um, I really think Echo should be in this list. <laughs> like, I don't think he should be great. How is MC Gady? Ten-year reign. 12 episodes for MC Gady. Me and me, me Philan is not, and yet bloody... <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, best and worst episodes. This is a pretty easy one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um... Stranger in the Strange Land, easily the best. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> hands down. Uh, no, that that episode is trash. <laughs> um, we, I feel like our episode on that wasn't even fun as well. I was hoping when we went into it, it would be fun, but we were both just miserable during it. <laughs> so I'm sorry anyone who had to listen to that. Um, and through the Looking Glass, just some of the best TV and. Bonus points to Flashes Before Your Eyes with Desmond. Like, such a unique episode and a precursor to the Season 4 episode coming. Um, but, yeah, there were some bad episodes. Uh, but I'm still... I'm going for the easy answer. Stranger in the Strange Land uh, tops out all the bad episodes this season. You binned five. I only binned three. So... What did I bin? You binned Further Instructions, Every Man for Himself... Yep. I do yep. Stranger in a Strange Land and Left Behind. Whereas yep. And like the plot points, most of them were in the first half of the seasons. <laughs> and I've been Further Instructions, Stranger in a Strange Land, and Expose. So um <laughs> 
You can only earn, you and I only been two of the same episodes. Uh, I bought I do when you binned it. <laughs> um, I rented Every Man for Himself, and I rented Left Behind, whereas you rented Expose. And outside of that, we pretty much were on the same page with everything else. Oh no, I rented A Tale of Two Cities. You bought it. And I bought one of us and Catch Twenty Two. You rented both of those. So, other than that, we were pretty much on par. Yeah, I. I mean, look, lots of friends. My the, so far the halfway point of all the the, the seasons, not the episodes. Obviously, we're more than halfway through the episodes. But uh, through the Looking Glass Part Two, as of right now, is to me the best episode of Lost and. A Stranger in a Strange Land to me is the worst episode of Lost and Expose <laughs> is the second worst episode of Lost. So my two bottom episodes actually come from this season. Uh, whereas my next highest um, episode is sitting at 12th and that is A Man Behind the Curtain. I have it 12th. So only one makes the top 10 this season apparently. So How many did I and you buy this season? Oh, okay. Uh, so you bought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, I bought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I had more money this season. Clearly, I bought two more <laughs> than you do. So you did. Um, so interesting. There you go. Uh, I think it's a pretty easy question then when we get to our rankings of the season. Um. <laughs> Currently, right now, for those playing at home, uh, sitting at number one, we both have season one. Sitting at number two, we both have <laughs> season two. Sitting at number three, do we both have season three? We both have season three. <laughs> yeah. It makes us sound sad because it's just like one, two, three. Uh, <laughs> but maybe four will, or definitely four will be, I think, for both of us, a spanner in the works in the one, two, three downward spiral. But yeah. Uh, season three has some great moments, but it's number three for me, hands down. Yeah, no, I, th- I think if you're rating it on a consistency level, uh, and you do drop out a lot of this season, uh, just in terms of just just episodes. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous to think that you can have through the Looking Glass and Stranger in a Strange Land in the same season. <laughs> like it's just usually there's such a disparity in quality between seasons, but yeah. No, that and they're only what eleven episodes apart or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, that is crazy. Um, which leads us into maybe the most difficult part of the episode, and that's coming up with our top five moments of the season. Now, I think we're locked in on three, aren't we? Um, well, at least well, two. There's the, <laughs> <laughs> there's the two from the finale. Uh, uh, not Penny's boat and the flash forward, uh, which we can. Um, which we can debate where where goes where, uh, and I think the third one we're talking about is the intro uh, the downtown, right? Yeah, downtown. That's so. I would say we've got those three, but maybe we can just throw out uh, some of the other. I've got. I don't have an order, but I've kind of got a short list. Give me some. Um, so let me see. If I take away the three that we've mentioned, I've got one, two, three, four, five. So I've got five on top of the three. Um, so I have uh, Bear Cage Sex. Yep, that was one um, I remember. Yep, I had that one too. Uh, Kate telling the story back to Jack mm-hmm. from the pilot. 
I've got uh, Nikki and Paolo getting married. Um, getting married. <laughs> oh, iconic lost moment. <laughs> Island wedding. <laughs> That's when you don't lost jump the shark. Billy D. Williams is the officiant. <laughs> We're having an island wedding this week. I lost. There will be a marriage. Which can t- uh, which which survivors will get married? Uh, uh, Nikki and Paolo are getting buried alive. Such a, a cruel death. Um, Sawyer coming face to face with the real Sawyer and killing Anthony Cooper, making him read the letter finally. Uh, and then my last one would be. Locke and Jacob in the cabin mm. and the flash of the guy and everything going to shit there. Uh, so they're, they're my kind of ideas besides the three we already mentioned. Um, see, off the top of my head, I had Bear Cage Sex and Sawyer Cooper. Is Kate telling the story back the same as, damn it, Kate, run! Like that's that whole sequence or is that a separate mm. scene? I guess they're separate, but that is, yeah, iconic as well. I like the story thing, but I think it is iconic. I think it can go from five moments. Ten moments, I think it should be in there, but I think of the ones we mentioned, that's the weakest. Echo's death. (laughs) We always have a character's (laughs) death. (laughs) No, thank you. Um... Oh, oh, Tom playing football with Jack. But um, maybe that's like seven or eight. Or um, Tom playing football. Uh, Is Jack, there anything that Jack I says, didn't say? I love you, you to Kate. <laughs> um, I yeah, just I mean, off the top of my head, I mean. This is how organised I am with my notes in the fact that um, I I legitimately will write sort of in my notes, like circle it and say like, oh, potential top five. But given that uh, I do not keep these in any order, (laughs) um, it's kind of... I've come into this very well prepared. Honestly, I I think you've come up with some good ones. And if I was to go on those, I think um, possibly Locke and Jacob in the cabin... Mm. I think that's up there. As a fun one, I'm, and this wouldn't make it over some of these other ones, but uh, the van going down the hill, and when that song comes on, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I do love that, <laughs> but maybe maybe that's a, a seven or an eight. Yeah. But that I, song that, comes I do on the radio. That. Whenever that song comes on the radio, I just think of that scene. Um, Trisha Tanaka blowing up from a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> Trisha Tanaka's dead. Um, see, I would probably sway towards, like, Kate telling the story back or, damn it, Kate, run. I like bear cage sex. Don't get me wrong. I think I was the one who threw that out there. But uh, I think, you know, in the more, you know, big moments of this show, I think kind of it doesn't necessarily go anywhere, does it? Like, sure, it's a build-up, but it's not like they have an island wedding in season five. Like... (laughs) You know they sway they sway more towards the whole Sawyer Juliet angle, so you kind of forget about these two after a while. So, um, do you like uh, Nikki and Paolo getting buried, not married? Look, the, the scene. I definitely see what you're doing with the scene, but as somebody who doesn't like the episode, and somebody who I think 
I would probably, I would say it's in terms of the show. I I don't know. Are you swaying that more I, so than the? No, I'm happy. To, I I think it's great. It's such a a, a cruel, cold death. But um, I I can tell you what I would have my five, four, three, and we can get to one, two. Um, I would say five. Jacob's cabin, uh, lock on bed in the cabin. That was such a kind of iconic moment. Thinking of being a fan of the show, how everyone was pausing that and watching it a hundred times on VHS tapes and whatnot. Um, and then I'd have four Sawyer getting Cooper to read the letter, the death of Locke's dad. It's such a culmination of two important character plot lines throughout the show. Um, coming together in such a seamless fashion and it's such a tense kind of moment, amazingly acted by everyone. So I'd have that for, then I'd have three downtown, the others are actually civilised living in a village reveal season opener. I would agree with all three of those and I'm not just doing that as a cop out. Actually, no, <laughs> I, I think we should we should definitely put in there, shut up redneck man! <laughs> <laughs> Just cause. I mean, you joke, but if I had to have a list of 20 moments, I would probably be in there. Uh, yeah, I would too, because it's just one of these moments just will always make me laugh. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with those. I think that's a good order. It's just now coming up with the top two. I Look, straight away, I would just put Not Penny's Boat at number one, just just because I feel like I, I, I would agree with the flash forward at number one too. I really think... Honestly, like no matter what we decide, I'm going to agree with. I think both deserve it. We can even maybe just say equal number one. I don't know. But to me, Not Penny's Boat, that itself almost became a phrase out of Lost. And yeah. I feel like just in terms of you said Not Penny's Boat to the most people, most people. But I mean, on the same side of things, you could also say, we have to go back, Kate. We have to go <laughs> back. And a lot of people would get that. But I might argue more people would understand Not Penny's Boat. I mean, if we have to do a top, like, ten at the end of the show, these two are in the top five. Well, we will be doing a top ten. Um, we've, we've done that with all with Nick Tuck and our third watch. So, believe these, these are all nominees, remember, for the top ten overall moments. So, uh, Well, yeah, these two are definitely in there. Um, normally, we fight on these things. Uh, but actually, I'm going to say I agree with you if... Flash forward was number one. I have no problems with that. If you were fighting for that, I would have, I would have disagreed with it. But the reason I put Not Penny's Boat is flash forward is kind of a mythology part. Of course, it's character based. With Jack as a broken man, and their Kate is off the island, and there's that kind of thing. And the scene is perfect. It's one of the most perfect scenes ever. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking against it at all, but. At the heart, this show is a character show, and Not Penny's Boat is such a... It hits you in the feels, and it even if you don't like Charlie, he's an iconic character of the show, and having that, that death and tying it into... Oh, oh sh- shit, like, this is Not Penny's Boat, and Desmond just missing out, so... It's such a character moment, while it also fits with the mythology, and then it ties into the flash forward, really. Um, so that's why I'd put the edge, just because it. I feel like it hits that character level just that little bit more, and 
Lost is a mystery mythology based show, but at its core, it's a character show. And having Charlie drown while they play his theme mixed with life and death is just such a culmination of this show. So, flash forward if that's at one, I don't care. Like, it deserves to be there. But that's the reason why I would maybe edge not Penny's boat out just that little bit more. I think, yeah, I think you sold that well. I, yeah. So, I think we should put that at number one. But I mean, look. At the end of the day, when when it comes to um, ranking all of these moments, and it, once we've done all six seasons, sort of what what we did with Nip Tuck and Third Watch is essentially um, we have the list of thirty moments, or it's probably going to be like thirty one, thirty two, because we've had well, how many ties we've had, uh, and then essentially you rank them like you will say, okay, number one is this, number two is this, number three is this, all the way down to thirty. And then basically you assign the number. So your number one moment is worth 30 points. Number two is worth 29 points. And then I just average it out. And then whatever the average is, that's the top 10. So um, we've had some interesting ones on Nip Tuck and Third Watch uh, in terms of the, particularly Third Watch, uh, definitely not the order I would have had it. But um, again, that's why we have uh, a democratic vote or an average, however you work it out. So Don't um, ruin it. I will. I will definitely be putting Boone's, <laughs> Boone's death at number one. Uh, <laughs> I fought for that to make the equal fifth position. <laughs> it will be number one, goddammit. <laughs> Revenge. Uh, so there we go. So just to clarify over that one. So number five, we have the Locke and Jacob cabin discovery scene. I don't have the episode names off the top of my head here. You might be able to fill those in. Man I'm behind the curtain. Man behind the curtain, thank you. Sawyer killing Cooper and also making him read the letter from episode... The Brig. The Brig. Uh, downtown. Well, that's from episode one. Uh, the opening of episode. Tale of two cities. Thank you. Uh, and uh, hmm, what is from uh, two and one? Number two is a flash forward scene, the very closing moment of the finale through the Looking Glass Part Two, and not Penny's boat. Also from the same episode. Uh, another one, which I mean, the, the tricky thing by having saying this is that you legitimately have to have all three of these scenes because they're all back to back. Um, when they're basically about to be rescued. Like, I love that sort of positivity when they hear that message oh, yeah, that's great. Of, of rescue. So, um, yeah. So there we go. All right. Uh, we obviously can't do a video of those due to copyright reasons on YouTube, but if you want to see that full list, it's on our website, theosnetwork.net. And, uh, yeah, you can also keep tabs on some of the other rankings as we're going along and from previous seasons as well. Which leads us into Season 4. Next week, we will be back with the first episode of Season 4. The episode which, of course, is called that beautiful episode that is Noah Groves. What is the episode? Uh, the beginning of the end. Thank you. I was making sure you it's were... All- Wake. All heading towards the end now. It is. Uh, but we're really ramping up the flash forwards too, aren't we? So it's kind of, you know, you think it was a five-second thing that you're never going to revisit again. Nope. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's a it's definitely a solid premiere. I, I don't know if it's the best premiere we've had so far, but it's still a, a very good episode and definitely some good stuff setting it up for what is a, a very, you know, short quick season isn't it this is our shorter season we've only got mm. 14 episodes or 12 if you count the the finale sort of as one big long episode so yeah i feel like this one should go by pretty quickly yeah season four which for reasons we'll get into is much shorter uh and even in the time frame of the show it's set over like a week or something it's everything about it is short um so 
Yeah, we're going to meet some new characters, and it will be will be fun to have a more fast paced show for a little bit. Uh, and we're going to get some really great episodes. Um, the flash forwards are such a kind of reboot for this show that's much needed. But there's even some interesting uh, flashback stuff going on. Um, premiere, yeah, pretty decent right through to the finale. Uh, there's a few weak episodes in this season, uh, <laughs> but all around, it's it's much more consistent than um, than season three was. So, yeah, there's definitely a tone shift going forward, and we're definitely going to get much more into the mythology side of things. I wouldn't say less so about the characters, but definitely the characters are treated in different ways. Um, so season four definitely does feel almost like a soft reboot for the show. And I'm excited to get into chapter two of lost. And that will be happening next week. In the meantime, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We're on Instagram, subscribe and all our relevant channels, leave us some feedback. We would love to hear from you because that's what we like to do. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned for Lost because that's what we're going to do. I keep repeating myself. Anyway, uh, my name is Ben and, no, I like dogs. <laughs> and my name is Nora and congratulations, Nikki and Pam. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. 